start our message this morning. We're continuing on in our sermon series on the book of Ephesians, and uh, I'll explain in a minute that why we kind of skipped over a section. It, it, you notice we're starting Ephesians chapter 6. If you were here with us last Sunday, um, we were in Ephesians chapter 5, and we skipped over the section on husbands and wives. I didn't have any ladies come up to me and complain that I, that, you know, maybe they just were busy with their kids and grandkids that didn't notice, but a couple of the men came up and they were like, pastor, that's really smart thinking right there. Uh, but there, but we're not skipping over it permanently. We're just, we're going to take a bigger picture, a different look today. We're going to go back to it. We're on vacation next week. So the week after the end of uh, Jan- July, we'll go back to Ephesians chapter five, but brother Ted's going to read from us the opening verses of Ephesians chapter six. Children, do what your parents tell you. This is only right. Honor your father and mother is the first commandment that has a promise attached to it, namely, so you will live well and have a long life. Fathers, don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. Take them by the hand and lead them them in the way of the master. Servants, Respectfully obey your earthly masters, but always with an eye to obey the real master, Christ. Don't just do what you have to do to get by, but work heartily as Christ's servants, doing what God wants you to do. And work with a smile on your face, always keeping in mind that no matter who happens to be giving the orders, You're really serving God. Good work will get you good pay from the master, regardless of whether you are slave or free. Masters, it's the same with you. No abuse, please, and no threats. You and your servants are both under the same master in heaven. He makes no distinction between you and them. All right, as I mentioned before, this is kind of at the end of a section dealing with family and family structures, and we're, gonna, we're just going to share a few thoughts this morning and then have a time of open worship and, and, and reorient ourselves in a couple of weeks to go back um, to the beginning of this section. But what is implied in Ephesians chapter 5 and ending verses and in this passage here is, is the power of family in God's eyes. Over and over and over and over again, we get this feeling of community and relationship and cordiality and and unity and fellowship from the scriptures as it reveals to us the powerful meaning and need in human life for good family connections. The assumption is that every one of us live both in our own homes and even within the church in the context of the family relationship. You and I know intrinsically that some of our greatest joys and sadly some of our greatest hurts have come in the context of our family relationships. The new joy of the newlywed couple tells us the importance of family. Or the couple holding their first newborn child tells us the thrill that family brings. Watching your kid graduate with honors, or seeing your son or daughter harvest their first deer or catch their first fish, 
little baby's first steps or their first day of school or maybe the day they leave home to go off to college. There are dozens of ways where family makes a beautiful impact on our life. And I think every one of us here this morning has lived long enough to know that in the context of family, not only do we have our greatest joys, but we also have some of our deepest pains. The unfaithfulness of a spouse or a child losing control and getting hooked on drugs or alcohol. The wayward child who wants nothing to do with their parents or their family. I've heard it said many times that the greatest loss the human heart can endure is the loss of one of their own children. And yet, despite how much family causes our lives to hang in the balance, God doesn't hold back instruction from us. He doesn't hold back on his word to us. And we have at least a dozen verses, if not almost two dozen verses, at the end of this great book of Ephesians that reminds us that our identity is not just in who we are individually in Christ, but that our identity in Jesus is wrapped around our family. It's wrapped around our church. It's wrapped around our community. And a lot of what we've shared in this book has been about me, right? Has been about you and how you relate to Jesus and what your life is to look like in the light of the fact that you claim to be his disciple, that you're forgiven, that you are free, that you are adopted, that you are transformed, that Jesus has come and invaded your life. And then Paul kind of winds things down by opening up our eyes to the bigger identity that we have, that we are a family together. Amen? And I already shared this morning, for me, the beauty that I have, that I experience coming into this place And we're from all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of places, all kinds of church backgrounds. Some of us have lived in other countries. Some of us have lived across the United States. Some of you are born in Vancouver, and you'll die in Vancouver, and you rarely ever left, and everything in between. We have such diversity, and yet the Bible reminds us that we are called to each other. That's the title you see on the front of your bowl, and we are created to be together. And I love that beautiful picture of God's plan for us to be united in our homes, in our churches, in our communities. It is his plan and desire for us to be living life together. But as a pastor, I have to say that this passage, the end of Ephesians, and this passage here, and I hope that most pastors would agree with me, it would make me feel better about myself, are among the most difficult in all the Bible. It's really easy for me to preach on salvation to those who don't have it or to remind others that they need to come back to Jesus because they've been gone a long time or to encourage us to think in a bigger scope of our own spiritual reality that we need him in our life and we need to be reminded of who we are in Jesus. And then as a dad, as as a husband, I come to this passage and God says, take a really long breath (laughs) because this is who I want you to be in me. And I don't know that I can remember a time where I struggled more 
with a passage of Scripture trying to create something for all of us as I have this week. And I didn't know even up until last night what exactly was after here. <laughs> and uh, what, what God and I came up with was I don't know any perfect family. Is any of your families perfect? Are any of you perfect? God had to remind me that we're all fallen creatures. We all struggle in these things in our life. And some of us are right now. Yeah, we're exhausted and yeah, we're tired, but that little angel is just there beaming and cooing and it is, the, it is great. We had the big dudes out here for a little while before church started. I don't know where they went off to. Um, but they're getting really close to graduating from high school. And they're going to, I don't know, their parents are ready for them to leave or not. But it's at that time of their life where they're going to be moving on. Some of us have been saying goodbye. Or maybe preparing to say goodbye to someone that we love. And the gamut is run in our own lives of where we are at in our, in our family. And there's a lot of good teaching in this passage. A lot of real wisdom in, in this section and the one in the book of Ephesians. But the Lord just said, Peter, there's a lot of hurt too that just good teaching won't fix. And so when I mentioned earlier that we're just going to have a time of open worship, what, what I feel the Lord leading us to do is just to take time to listen to your own heart. As I'm going to listen to mine about what's going on in my family. As I think of the instructions to husbands and fathers and dads, it just reminds me how much I need Jesus. Reminds me how much I need to depend on him for each moment. And so what we're going to invite ourselves to do this morning is just for a few minutes is just to say, Lord, this is my family. This is me. And we're just going to have a quiet internal dialogue with the Holy Spirit about what's going on in our family. I want to encourage you not to say if they would just fix themselves, everything would be right. Don't put all the blame on somebody else. Let's just say, Lord, I'm hurting. I'm broken. I, maybe you are messed up. And we're going to just let the Holy Spirit speak to us. And, and we're just going to listen to the Lord for a while. And then we're going to also encourage you, if there's something that God is doing in your life or something on your heart that you would during this time, open worship has been an important part of our church's history.